Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Gary Reich is going to be joining us. He is the Jingle Man. You want a message to be clear, concise, and memorable? Well, put it to a tune. The Jingle Man's here, and Business Soup has its own little tune. Gary, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, we're going to strike up a tune with my audience of small business owners as to the value of a jingle. What defines a jingle and how is it used? That's a great question. What defines a jingle? I guess it would be a collection or a combination of notes and words that are designed to put a message in a consumer's mind. So if I want to get my message across that I sell a product, a widget, and I want that to stick in somebody's head, I can emulate what all these other big corporate companies and businesses, plumbers, air conditioners, and people have done by associating my name, a product, and a service into a song or a jingle in a rhythmic sense that will stick in their head so that I become the thought when my service or product is needed. Exactly. See, I pay, I pay attention. I read your website. I've learned about it. You know, I've been following the, the jingle man. I decided to keep it simple and I have multiple personalities. So my corporate, if you will, sound branding ideas is my corporate name that I've had for seven years. And I've been in the business 35 but um, more recently, I decided to have a little fun and make it much simpler. So when somebody sees me on social media or wherever they see me in networking, the jingle writer, oh, I know what you do. Pretty simple. Well, that certainly identifies. That's a brand right there. Correct. Unless you're at the top of a Christmas tree, everyone's going to think of you as someone who writes a jingle. Those things that oftentimes get stuck in your head and won't leave. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very sorry. (laughs) You know what? You have done your job. You've delivered a message. And as my audience can do, they can go out just about anywhere. And I wanted to talk to you about how the industry has changed for you. We've got websites out there like Pond5 that for 20 bucks and some editing skills, I can have a jingle, a theme. I can have just about anything. How do you compete with outfits like Pond5, iStock, and Artiste? I guess I do and I don't. I'm a writer. And so what I like to share with people, I believe what somebody is going to get from me that they wouldn't get necessarily in one of those services is intellectual property, is the writing skills, is 35 years of capturing an idea for somebody. Sometimes I call myself and people call me the forest seer because there are businesses that I have met with that didn't have a slogan, didn't have a creative campaign, didn't really have a unique selling proposition. And I come along and it's just right there in front of them. It's either on the front of their website, they don't know it. It's right in the middle of what they do. And what I help them do is identify what their unique selling proposition is, what their brand is and or should be, what's going to be memorable. And it really comes down to the writing. I've been told that my writing skills, my slogan writing skills are second to none because you're absolutely right. I can go a lot of places and get some music and sing my name and maybe even get some sort of catchy slogan. But my job is to help you craft your campaign in a unique way 
that sets you apart. You know, it's it's funny. You can go online and you can spend ten bucks, or you can go to New York and spend a hundred thousand dollars. I'm somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, you use that analogy about being in the forest. So a lot of these companies, and to play off of that analogy, is that you can't see the forest for the trees. And you are one of those trees in that forest as a business, so to say. That jingle that you're talking about will separate them from that forest so that people can see them or hear them. And your jingle creates an image. It's words. Like on radio, we create images in people's heads with the words that we use, just like a sportscaster does on radio describing a football, basketball, or baseball game. Correct. What about the royalty-free media? What does that mean, and has it impacted you jingle guys? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, the fact that somebody can do what you just described makes a difference. But you know what's interesting? There are, I'm sure, hundreds, maybe more, of people that do what I do. Very few that do it the way I do it, which is unique in and of itself. And I also have another niche that I partner with media companies around the country and have built a niche and a reputation of partnering with them to provide creative for their campaigns. So actually, the right client in the right city won't pay anything for their jingle. Interesting. But then you get what you pay for. How is it that your message gets heard, whereas others that maybe go to these discount outfits, their message doesn't. I don't go too deep into those outlets just because that's not what I do. I would venture to guess that you might actually get something that you like and be successful with from them. It's not that that couldn't happen. What matters more than where you get it is that you use it because, believe it or not, even a bad jingle is better than no jingle. Because most people, as much as you might love the announcer, and I don't mean any disrespect, <laughs> nobody walks around humming the announcer. And I don't remember the last time you saw somebody going down the street and kidding their heads that, oh, my God, I cannot get that print ad out of my head. <laughs> Very true. Let me tell you what has changed. A couple of things have changed. Number one, the media landscape has changed. The digital market in media has changed broadcasting and television because unlike the traditional where I came from in broadcasting and syndication, we didn't really know who was listening. We would throw it out there, and unless somebody called us, we wouldn't know that there was an audience. Digital, I'm able to tell you how many people listen to this podcast or if I want to have a rifle shot of marketing, I can have a specific ad run on a specific show and there can be a call to action and we can figure out how many people respond. And it is a marketing blessing to have such accountability, whereas in the old days of terrestrial radio and just traditional broadcasting of television, we didn't have that luxury. You're absolutely right. And, and your show is a perfect example of that, that it's not just the iHearts of the world and CBS radio and the, the local in your car, although those are still dominant and prominent places for people to advertise. But these are niches that are available to the consumer, which brings us to what we started talking about earlier, which is the small business owner. So small business owner may not be a broadcast television, cable television, over the air radio station advertiser, 
but all of them are Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, you YouTube, it, all, all YouTube, of those. Which is really second only to Google and search. And it's kind of interesting because YouTube has some opportunities and options where if they don't watch the whole ad, you don't even get charged for it. And so a lot of my clients are moving their end sing for the tag at the end of the jingle to the beginning so that they make an impression just as powerful as it is at the end, at the beginning, which then gave them that impression potentially at no cost to them. We're talking with Kerry Reichs. He is the jingle writer. Get your widget, gidget, or gadget out into the ears of everybody. This is the gentleman to do it. And, of course, the resources to, to reach Kerry will be available right where you found this podcast on bizsoup.com, where business comes for business. Kerry, if I've got a talented member of my family, whether it be a son, a daughter, or a grandson or grandchild, and they have a skill set, they think, you know what? I want to be like Carrie. I want to be a jingleman. What would you say to them? A couple of things that I would do is I would, number one, recognize that the successful jingle writer is wordsmith first, musician second. So if they're a talented vocalist and musician... That may or may not translate to being a successful jingle writer. I pride myself. I collaborate with a lot of different people. So it may, in fact, be somebody that it's as simple as if they want to collaborate and they want to work on some things, I'm the kind of company that offers that to people. So there are opportunities to write, to sing, to produce, so they could reach out to me. In fact, I've had some people reach out to me right on my Facebook ads. Hey, I'm a jingle writer. Can you use me? And depending, again, on the situation, I don't think any of us want to be training our competition necessarily. <laughs> but who knows? You may have the next Barry Manilow show up on your doorstep and say, hey, I want, to, I want to learn how to write jingles. Well, no, that's me. That's me. You didn't ask me. But I got into the business because I wanted to become the next Barry Manilow. <laughs> Moving on with questions about the business side of it. And we know it is a good idea and a good business decision. Have a jingle. And it sticks around for a while. Do you want to change the jingle up from time to time, or is it better to have consistency over the years so that people remember the lyrics and the tune, the melody, the limericks, however the jingle is delivered? Do we change it up or keep it the same? That's a great question. The answer is varied. I have clients that have been running the same jingle for 20 years. I have some clients that every year or two, they change a theme and an idea, and they want a music to go with that. I don't know that there's a hard and fast. I mean, we used to say that every four or five years, maybe it was time to change something. I will tell you that just a rule of thumb, when you're sick of your jingle as a business owner, that's when it's just starting to catch on to people. So you want to stay the course. The whole idea of keeping something consistent is that your message, your offer, your call to action, if you're a furniture store, you're going to have sales, you're going to have events. You're going to want to make sure they know who you are and remember the name of your store. That's the part you want to keep the same. That's where the jingle comes in. If you're in a service business where people need to remember you, here's another that I tell people all the time. If you're in an industry where the manufacturer that you represent offers you what they call co-op advertising dollars, where if you promote, as an example, we'll just use train as long as you say train and you use it's hard to stop a train and they see and hear the logo, depending on if it's TV or radio for train, that's all great. 
But when the jingle sings your name, they might remember that it was train and that's good, but they're going to remember your name so that when that AC system goes out, they call you. And I like that because that's what we call OPM or other people's money. And there's no reason not to avail yourself of that when you have a jingle. Why does it matter? Because if I'm listening to a spoken ad and I hear your name, Pete's Heating and Air, as many or maybe less times than I hear Train or Lennox or you name the manufacturer, I may not remember that it's Pete's AC. But if I hear Pete's AC sung the music, that's the part that's going to get stuck in my head. Carrie, as far as the royalty aspect, my let's say I have a grandchild, which I don't, but if I did and they were talented, what kind of money would they be looking at in this new world of environment with streaming audio? And how are royalties affected by this new age of streaming and new business model that, well, the music industry is in? That is a really good question. And I have to tell you, I live in a different world. There are companies and there are opportunities in the music world that are based on royalty and based on what they call a cue sheet. So if you have something that runs on a TV station or a radio station or in a movie or whatever, that there are royalties that come from that and can be paid from that, that add up. Most of the people that you're going to run into on a day-to-day basis are more in a work for hire or a performance right to a license that is not quote unquote royalty based, but more here is what a license fee to produce and own or have what we in the industry coin or term the performance right to take my creative and I then can turn around and license it to you. And most of that, by the way, is done on a local level. The vast majority of the jingles that you hear for small businesses in a local community are licensed to them locally for their local community versus being a regional or national, regional or national ad. And again, every company is different. Uh, Every situation is different. So when I hear somebody's song played at these political rallies and then the artists come out and say, hey, we didn't give you permission to use our song for your walk out on the stage and everything. The artists truly do have a right to be paid for that theme that is being used by any politician or anybody for that matter. That is correct. Not only that, they have a right to tell you no. I, the crazy guy that I am, am waiting for Mazda to bring back Zoom Zoom in this Zoom world we're living in. Haven't heard it. And I even said something about, I was talking to one of my TV clients and they said, you go to a local dealership. And they shared with me something that I knew about. So if you remember when Bob Seger gave Chevy trucks, I don't mean gave, licensed to them (laughs) like a rock. It was very specific as apparently was Zoom Zoom. Only the manufacturer, only national. So if you were a local Chevy dealer or a local Mazda dealer, you could not use that song because it wasn't licensed to you for that reason. So it was only licensed for national distribution. And so the local dealers could not go like a rock. They might have been able to say, but they were not able to use the song. So every license, again, is different. That's what makes it fun. And like I said, I've been 35 years dealing on local. Vast majority of my business has been that small business owner. Yes, I have opportunities when I'm at a TV station 
to talk to the hospitals and the banks and the car dealers in their market and some pretty large advertisers, some regional advertisers, but the vast majority of them are local mom and pops. And at the end of the day, what matters most wherever you spend your dollars is are you getting the return on investment that you want? Well, what's the return on investment on a jingle? And boy, that's a tricky question to answer too, other than can I measure and show you what results were you getting before? What are you getting now? How much more? How much better? Then we can look at that and we can measure that and we can say, was that worth it? And or can I say to you, what's the value of you being the air conditioning company that somebody calls when their AC goes out and they're hot? Can you put a price on that? That's invaluable. It's like being number one on the Google search. When I type in AC repair and up pops the train dealer right there in my home community or maybe a few miles away, that's very costly to get. Or I can have a jingle that I remember it and then I look up specifically my AC. So it's like a search engine, but it's in your head. Exactly. That's the whole idea. And I think it was recent trout in the 22 immutable laws of marketing that said there's only so many rungs on the consumer's brain. You don't necessarily need to be number one, although number one is ideal. But if you're not numbered one, two or three, people probably aren't going to remember you. We're talking with Kerry Wright. He is the jingle writer. If you want more information about how you can get your company on the minds of everyone around you, well, go to BizSoup where you found this podcast and all of that information and his contact information is right there. The one source for business, Business Soup. Kerry, I can't thank you enough for joining us on this serving of Business Soup. Kerry Wright, the jingle writer, thanks for being a part of Business Soup. Thank you for having me. I look forward to sharing it with others. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.